Welcome to the Witty Committee. I'm Courtney. And I'm Claire. And this week we are reading the fourth book in Kate Bryan's private series, Confessions. Before we get into it, I'm going to start off like I always do and ask Courtney what she's been reading, watching, doing outside the podcast this week. So this week I've been reading The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides. Um, it's, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I probably should have, uh, looked it up before I started recording, but, um, it's a book that's been on my TBR for a really long time. I hear it's super popular. It is always on a wait list at the library. So Mm. I'm excited to read it. That's good. I feel like I've heard of that one. Um, so you'll have to let me know when you dive into it a little deeper, how it, how it goes. Um, I recently finished uh evie dunmore's a league of extraordinary women trilogy which was super cute i feel like you would like it um because it's a little bit more like it's they're easy reads for sure but they're about like three like suffragettes in oxford in like late victorian england but they're all like kind of it's like little love stories they're very cute uh, it's that bringing down the duke series right exactly yes they're so cute um they i really liked them uh and so i highly recommend um that that whole series was like a it's a really good like reprieve from uh the other books that we've been reading because it's like the complete antithesis um because there's like no murder and like the drama is like very much like love drama and not in a psycho way um so very enjoyable highly recommend i'm a little annoyed because i think there's only three books in the series but there was a fourth member of like the girl like the girl friend group that i like think is not going to get a book and that really bums me out because i was like there's this whole character that like they're leaving out and i'm hoping i'm wrong and that they're gonna that evie dunmore is gonna write a fourth book um but because i feel like i was left hanging like what's gonna happen with catriona like anyway very fun very cute very easy to read um so highly recommend uh but I needed, I kind of needed that having read um, Confessions. So if you guys were with us last episode, I had mentioned that I was unaware of the fact that the private series runs in arcs. And so um, this is the end of the first arc of the story, this book, Confessions. So uh, we come back to Eastern Academy after Josh Hollis reads New Boyfriend was arrested arrested for uh the the suspected murder of thomas pearson um they found the murder weapon whole nine yards reed is understandably freaked out and i would say most of easton is is equally freaked out with the exception of uh the a couple of the billings girls uh taylor is still gone we don't have any more communication from that I am account that Courtney and I were, have dubious feelings about. Um, but Noel and Kieran and Ariana seem to be just glad that someone is like arrested. And they, Noel is very much, Noel's the one who called the cops on Josh. Uh, so they're all like, oh yeah, Josh did it. Reed is not happy about that. Which makes sense. And Noelle keeps trying to get Reed to like get back to normal a little bit, as we've seen over the past couple of books. And Reed actually takes it upon herself. The school is sort of under lockdown because now with the murder and the arrest of a student, um, the school has decided to put like security measures in place to keep out all these reporters. And so Reed actually takes it upon herself to sneak out of um, Easton to go down to the police department to see Josh to try and figure out what's going on. And she actually does get a glimpse of him and he gives some interesting information about a potential alibi that he might have. He does. And it's also funny to me because I feel like Reed is like that was the dumbest thing you could do if you really don't believe that Josh committed the murder it is highly likely that the murderer is out there and you're just like oh yeah I'm gonna just I, I rules don't exist for me um oh no Reed continues to so, be I think she wins the award for dumbest character in this book I know last book we discussed some pretty dumb things that Noelle says but this pretty much takes the cake for for dumb Reed is characters. Reed is very dumb very dumb but uh she is provided uh Josh does give her an alibi for him or or the leads to an alibi. And and Reed, in exploring this alibi, comes upon an unlikely, um, I was going to say comrade, 
which makes sense, but I don't know why that came into my head. Uh, partner, I guess is the better word. In Dash McCafferty. Dash McCafferty. boyfriend. Himbo supremacy. I stand Dash he McCafferty. He is, yes. Dash is great. So Dash is equally distressed like Reed uh, and like not okay with Noelle trying to gloss over things. So so basically what happens is uh, when Reed is at the uh, police station, Josh says, you need to go talk to the dean's secretary and Blake Pearson. Blake Pearson? Yeah, Blake. Yeah. Um, because they they were with me that night. They were with me the night that Thomas died or disappeared. I don't know why they still like act like they can now all of a sudden pinpoint it to one night, uh, and like they know that it was that singular night anyway. Because what Thomas was missing for forever. But anyway, um, and he was like, they they'll know that like they'll vouch for me. You just have to talk to them. And so Reed's like, okay, I have a mission now, so I'm gonna go. On, like, in the middle of a school day, approach the dean's secretary um, and be like, hey, I know that you... And so the rumor mill had been running and saying that, like, well, Blake Pearson, who's Thomas Pearson's older brother, was at school. He was having an affair with the secretary. And so that had been in the rumor mill for a while. Basically, what Reed deduces is that that affair has not ended. And so she goes and she... And that, like, literally the middle of the day goes to see the secretary and is like, oh, I'm not here to see the dean. I'm here to see you. You need to go speak up to the police because I know where you were that night. And the secretary was like, are you blackmailing me? And Reed's like, wait, no, I can't be Noel, so I'm not blackmailing you. Um, just do the right thing. Reed keeps trying to get people to do the right thing in this book. And I'm like, Reed, I don't know what planet you're from, but I, none of these people do the right thing ever. Like, and it was hilarious because she's like, I know exactly what you're going through because, like, my boyfriend is missing. And she's like, really, like, the secretary, Kara Lewis Henneman, is very conflicted about, like, putting her boyfriend on the stand. And Reed is like, I've been in your position. I've dated a Pearson who's done some, like, shady things. And now, and then, like, I was forced to sort of confront that and come clean about it. And throughout this book, she's sort of, like, relating to this secretary but doing so in a way where, like, everyone she tries to bring into her circle, she then immediately alienates. Like, she tries to reach out to the secretary, but backfail, like, tries to blackmail her but, and then yeah. steps in it. And then she sends an email to Blake Pearson, which takes way too long. You'd think that for a girl who's supposed to be a genius, like Reed, so smart, would figure out how to find out what university Blake Pearson goes to quicker than it takes her. Takes her, like three chapters to figure it out she googles yeah she like googles blake pearson and there's like hundreds of blake pearsons because like no shit she doesn't think to ask like a single person who goes to her school to be like hey where did blake end up going to college just casually she couldn't ask like missy thurber for example anyone who was there last year um and so she eventually emails blake because the secretary doesn't seem like she's gonna come around and like tell the truth she sends him a pleading email he doesn't respond she immediately follows up with an accusatory like a, email being like yeah how do you sleep at night and i'm like mm -hmm. why do you think he would respond positively to that like she just is not a smart person street smarts wise definitely not and while this is all happening um kind of in conjunction with reed's attempt at getting this alibi nailed down um noelle is very much still on her crusade of cheer up reed or like cheer up the um, Billings girls, basically, like it really it's grasping at straws of control because so the dean has closed down the campus. No one is allowed off campus for weekends anymore. Um, and that ruins a bunch of partying plans that they had. And Noelle, in an effort to maintain control over over things, is saying, like, it's fine. We're untouchable. They're not going to punish us anyways. We can just continue to act like we were acting. And. Everyone, like, so not everyone, but a good contingency of people are like, hey, you know, I don't really know if I want to do that. Things are a little crazy right now. Um, Reed being one of them, basically being like, yeah, I don't really want to leave campus. I don't want to get really drunk. That's not how I feel like my grief is going to really work in this situation. Also, like, I really don't believe it's Josh. So, like, I don't know why you guys are acting like everything's over. That whole thing. But, uh, and, like, a good number of girls agree with her. And so... It's creating this kind of interesting rift in Billings House where we're seeing Noelle lose control. And somebody else steps up 
to take control, which we haven't talked about her yet in any of the books, even though she like had a minor role back when Reed was having to be Cinderella. Um, and this girl is Cheyenne. And Cheyenne is like a, I think it's like a, a banker's daughter. She's like super rich, blonde, like very preppy New England, uh, you know, pearls and button up kind of gal. Kind of a little bit of a foil to Noelle, who's like the risky brunette and like dark and, you know, beautiful, whatever. And so Cheyenne kind of steps up and is like, hey, I want to organize some things and do some stuff. Like, I don't know who made you president of Billings House. Um, and Noelle's like, well, I don't know why you would stand up to me like that whole nine yards. And it's we're nearing the end of the semester. And so things are kind of ramping up studying wise, but also ramping up in terms of like holiday cheer, I guess. Um, Reed mentions that the only time she ever really liked being at home was for the holiday. She likes Christmas because things are pretty. She's sounds really vapid. Anyway, Cheyenne organizes an impromptu Christmas party in Billings house for the girls, which goes over really well with everyone except for Noelle. And so that really rankles Noelle, especially the fact that they get into a little bit of a face off and Cheyenne doesn't back down. And coupling with that, Noelle's being deceived on another front because Reed is still working with Dash to validate Josh's alibi and they're sneaking around to do so. Yeah, so even one night after this party, um, Reed sneaks out of Billings House to meet up with Dash so that they can go to Hell Hall where the teachers have all their offices so that they can break into one of the computers and send Blake an email posing as uh, Miss Lewis Henneman so that he will come and like come to campus, I guess, and like come clean about his situation, like the alibi, um, which ends up actually happening. He shows up at the art cemetery where he and Miss Lewis Henneman had originally been, and he confirms um, Josh's alibi. He says that they were together and Josh comes to the art cemetery because Blake or um, because Thomas was so drunk. Thomas. And so Blake actually leaves to go confront Thomas for just essentially like being a fuck up and like ruining his ability to sneak around with this school secretary. And so this implies to Reed that Blake is the one who must have killed Thomas because he left and then Ms. Lewis Henneman is Josh's alibi. And there was yeah. no way for him, for Josh to have then gone back and like killed Thomas. And so Blake leaves, he disappears. Like no one can find him. Reed yeah. then and goes- Blake, Blake had said like a lot of things about how Thomas ruined his life. Like Blake outwardly hates Thomas. Like he's like, even in death, Thomas is still ruining my life. Like, and so there's a lot of vitriol there that Reed is like, whoa, this is intense. This guy's like really hates his brother, which like I didn't know was possible. Obviously it is, but- that kind of like leads her to believe. So Reed reconfronts like uh, the secretary, Kara, and is like, hey, I know that you, like I spoke with Blake. I know that you don't know where he is. I've been in the same situation with a missing boyfriend. It's really up to you to go like fix this now, even more so, especially because like it, there's a chance Blake killed his brother. And that was and such Kara's an, like, I know. That was such an annoying passage for me because as much as like Reed wants this to be the case and she and Miss Lewis Henneman are such foils for each other it was yeah. so hypocritical for Reed because the entire past three books while Thomas has been missing and or dead Noelle has been looking for someone to blame so that then they can move on with their lives and Reed in this exact passage talks about how she wants Blake to be the person responsible for Thomas's murder so that it would not mm -hmm. be Josh so that then Josh can come back to school and they can all just move on with their lives. And I'm like, you do realize that in this situation, you are being Noelle and Miss Lewis Henneman is being you because you are accusing her boyfriend of, com of committing this murder just so that your other boyfriend can come back to school. Like you do realize that this because is all the same he, thing. Yeah, yeah, because you murdered he murdered your first boyfriend or like it, it's just wild to me and while this is all going on noelle is still very much like barging through her plans to show that everything's fine by get arranging for a bunch of the billings girls to sneak out via the same way that reed has snuck out before they only have one way of sneaking out 
Um, sneak out and go to the city and like party at a club, right? And shocker of all shockers, they get caught within like 20 minutes of trying to leave campus. And in a very, what felt very like high school situation, like very accurate way, the dean not only punishes the girls who were uh, leaving campus, but he also punishes the girls who didn't tell on them, which felt accurate. Like that felt like something like a person would do in that situation. So he effectively grounds all the Billings girls for the rest of the semester. He says that if they're not in class or in the cafeteria, they will be in the library studying, um, which works for Reed because she's like, okay, well, then I don't have to worry about this like party situation anymore. And like everyone trying to like get me over things I can actually study, which I haven't done in months. And somehow I'm still here, even though like I'm a scholarship student. Um, But basically like, they are all collectively punished and people are pissed at Noelle, which is just putting another crack in her control. And you see Noelle like continue to get annoyed by it because Dash isn't super supportive of her and this stuff. She, You can see that people are starting to like disagree with her. More people are agreeing with Cheyenne and it's really starting to rattle Noelle. And so she's really starting. And, and also the fact is that like Reed is standing up to her a good amount too, which is interesting yeah i actually Um, thought that this was like planting a seed for reed to be with dash because josh at this point is still in jail and dash Mm -hmm. is standing up to noelle and then they're spending time together yeah they're being a little bit flirty and i'm just like i cannot deal with this there's actually a conversation that happens at lunch during the like in the dining hall where gage is like oh well josh must have killed Thomas over Reed like I don't get the appeal I don't think Reed is all that hot but like that must have been the case and I'm sitting there and I'm like that's a horrible thing to say I do understand where you're coming from though because what is so special about Reed that all of these guys are just like freaking out over her is she Jennifer Aniston like does she have cocaine in her hoo-ha who knows basically and, and but I I was I was with you I thought that that was going to be the power struggle was going to be the Reed versus Noel versus like over dash thing and I was like really I was like ugh are we really going to do this is she going to have a third bo- a fourth boy and Whatever. it just ends up culminating when so after Josh gets released because Ms. Lewis Henneman finally decides to come forward to the police Blake is still MIA but they basically can confirm his alibi and so he gets released Reed says the most unhinged thing ever, where as soon as she sees him in the chapel, she's like, I was was never in love with Thomas after all. And I'm like, really? Because the entire book, you're like, I miss Thomas. I miss my boyfriend. And I'm like, which boyfriend? And then she like goes to places where she and Thomas have hooked up previously and like reminisces about it. And I'm like, for someone who says you never loved him, you are sure thinking about him a lot. But so I know then it culminates in the girl's, um, Like, Cheyenne negotiates with the headmaster that she and her new, like, pseudo-boyfriend from Kettler and Reed will all do an interview with some of the press people who've been hounding Easton to talk about how safe the school is and how good it is because Reed is a scholarship student. And Reed only agrees so that, like, she can sort of, like, show good faith or whatever to the headmaster so that he'll like loosen up on them a little bit so that Cheyenne can take all of the Billings girls and some of the Kettler guys to her country house in Fairfield. And this will be their like off-campus party. Noelle is obviously not about it. She's super frustrated that Reed would do anything to help Cheyenne, let alone do anything to help all the Billings girls have fun, which is what Noelle said she wanted in the first place, but I digress. She does this interview where the interviewer had, I guess, previously promised that they wouldn't talk about Thomas at all and then just barrages read about Thomas. And it gets to the point where when they go to um, Cheyenne's country house in Fairfield, Noelle has invited Cheyenne's boyfriend who goes to another boarding school and like all of his friends to try and sort of like mess with her and put her back in her place and it turns out that Cheyenne and that other school's boyfriend had broken up previously and just like didn't tell Noelle and so the sort the gotcha sort of like flaps back on Noelle's face and she lets out like a guttural screech out loud she's that frustrated at being one-upped and I'm like this is I started to seriously suspect that like something was going wrong mentally with Noelle I was I was in the same boat but it was also funny to me because I was like we're supposed to believe that 
the Noelle of past books thought that the biggest thing she could do to Cheyenne would be to like expose her to her boyfriend. And I'm like, Noelle, you're the one like who your schemes got girls kicked out of school. You were blackmailing a girl like into the, like keeping a girl in the closet via black, like all of the shit that you've done. And this is the best you can come up with is like, it's weak. And I was like, okay, Noelle's losing it. She's grasping for straws. Um, And it does really like draw that line. And it's funny because Cheyenne is like being very kind to read and like introducing her to all these other people from the other boarding school. and like including Josh and things. And there is still very much that like Billings girls against Josh dichotomy, like the like boyfriend versus friends situation that's happening. And it kind of really comes to a head. Uh, it's it's mainly because Josh is like, Noel thought I murdered Thomas and like immediately believed it and was telling everyone she knew I was always psycho. And like, you still want to be friends with her. And Reed's like, you know, like, don't give me an ultimatum. And Josh does. He's like, basically, they're in the hot tub hanging out with all these other people. And Noel texts Reed and is like, hey, come upstairs in like five minutes. Um, and Josh is like, don't go hang out with them. They're like awful people. And Reed's like, and he gives her an ultimatum. He's like, well, don't come back and talk to me if you're going to go talk to them. And she's like, don't corner me like that. And then, but the annoying thing is she says, don't corner me like that. And then she goes and hangs out with them anyway. So she gives up on Josh, this person she had just spent weeks trying to get out of jail by like, and now she's just going to go and she goes upstairs and they're not doing anything except for trying on couture dresses, which they do every book. Yeah, I really wanted to know your thoughts on this passage because Reed tries to wrap it up in like a, this isn't Noelle demanding that I do something. She isn't saying jump and I say how high. She's inviting me to come spend time with her, which is different because she and Noelle have been having this like big battle throughout the book where she's been consistently standing up to her and being like, Noelle isn't in charge of me. Like I can't, I'm not going to listen to her. I'm really frustrated with her. And so now she's finally starting to be like trying to be friends with her again. And it's 100% valid for Josh to be like, I don't want to be around Noelle. She thought I was a murderer. 100% valid. I can, however, see how challenging it would be for Reed to be like, I'm not going to spend time with Noelle anymore when they live in the same dorm. Yeah, I don't think that, but I, I definitely don't think the ultimatum was fair. Um, but I do, I think that the way that Reed took the ultimatum and was like, well, then screw you, Josh. Uh that was stupid. It was. We, I don't know why I expected anything else from her. No, I agree. But I 100% agree. Like, I I wouldn't want to hang out with people who think that I'm a murderer either. And Noelle is, like, definitely coming undone a little bit in this book. But it's uh, it would be challenging for Reed. It's just, yeah, I totally get your point that, like, for her to have invested this much time and energy and literally attempting to blackmail people and breaking into buildings to try and get Josh out of jail to then be like, well, guess I'm going to go try on a fancy dress. This boy that I love. She doesn't know I'm, what love bye. is. She does not know what love is. Yeah, she's so stupid. But so she d- goes and hangs out with the Billings girls. Uh, and they try on couture dresses because I guess Cheyenne's stepmom is a famous actress. They wear all her Oscar gowns. Blah, 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 blah. They get in their fancy limos to go back to school. And on the way back, um, they're all looking through the digital pictures that they took on like their digital camera uh of them in the dresses and like kieran did a horrible job because she's super drunk uh and they're scrolling 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 and then reed sees a photo (laughs) on that camera of thomas tied up to a pole with no shirt on and a bag over his head and all of the girls start freaking out and reed's like holy shit, you guys killed Thomas. Which is a very valid reaction. What I don't understand is how she's like, I recognize Thomas's torso. I'd recognize it anywhere. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. You recognize it in the context of, of course, that's Thomas. Who else would it be? But like, you wouldn't recognize his torso anywhere. You knew him for three weeks. Yeah. Like, and basically she flips on the girls and she's like, I'm calling the cops right now. And they're all like, no, no, no. Give us, give us some time to explain. And what they explain is that that night and like none of this is good. Right. And none of this is like a good answer, I feel like. But the night that uh, Thomas disappeared, 
they had all wanted to teach Thomas a lesson that he can't treat women the way he had treated Reed. So they got, got him when he was super drunk, blindfolded, kidnapped him, took him to a field, and basically waterboarded him. They put a mesh bag over his head so he could still breathe. That was in air quotes. And then they poured water over his head. Which- and they stole Josh's car to do it. So, like, the whole thing. And then they were like, well, and then we loosened the ties and we left him there so he could come back. We never killed him. We just, you know, like, we had just wanted to teach him a lesson. And I was like, you're not the fucking mafia. They're like, we did it for you, Reed. We did all of this for you. And I'm like, she didn't ask you to. Uh, and that's a crazy, like, that's not an okay response. And Noelle is like, we knew that we didn't have anything to do with his death because they said that his cause of death was being beaten with a baseball bat, which we just used to poke him. Just and then we left next to it. him. And so it didn't have anything to do with us. It wasn't our fault. And I'm like, you left a man tied up and waterboarded in the middle of nowhere next to a weapon. Drunk on drugs. Drunken on drugs next to a weapon. And then he was killed with said weapon that same night. And you want to say that had nothing to do with you. Like, motive means opportunity. You had exactly. the means and the opportunity laying right there for anyone with a motive. And even if that motive is just being a psychopath. Exactly. Ah. And then they try to get they try to get Reed to like agree to not say anything. In like a very like mafia way. In like a, we'll kick you out and send you right back home if you say anything kind of situation. And Reed is like weighing her options. She gets back to her room and she realizes she doesn't have her phone. So she takes Natasha's phone. They've also, I just want to point out really Mm -hmm. quickly, they've also said no one will believe you because they deleted the picture that Kieran had taken, which why Kieran took any photos in the first place, I don't understand. But she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I thought I deleted all of them because she's drunk. And I'm like, I know that it's 2000, I think it was 2008 when this book came out. But surely the authorities have the ability to recover a deleted image at that point from like a, a right. camera phone or a yeah. video, a photo camera. Insane. Who knows? <laughs> but the uh, the big thing is that Reed has decided, okay, you know, actually I need to tell someone about this. Even if they didn't have any, even if it, it didn't do anything, it will help us eventually find Thomas's killer. So I have to say something. Her phone is not in her pocket anymore. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to use Natasha's phone. Natasha, her roommate, her phone is like a piece of shit and only works outside of their room. So that's why Natasha spends a lot of time outside their room talking to her girlfriend. But so she takes Natasha's phone up to the roof to call the cops. And who is on the roof waiting for Reed but Ariana Osgood? Mind blown so many things the one thing i want to say first before we get to the actual reveal of everything is natasha was in their room asleep when she went back like they they were in the room Mm -hmm. together she could have woken her up and been like here's what happened and then told her so that other people would know what was happening and what was going on but she didn't because reed is Stupid. She's an idiot. She's so stupid. She goes alone onto the roof, having just been told this thing by people that she knows are capable of violence. And she goes up there. Ariana is waiting for her. Ariana takes the phone out of her hand, which is calling the cops and says, oh my God, my friend Reed, she's about to jump off the, the top of Billings house. Come quick. She hangs up the phone. She says, do you want to, how, how are we going to walk through the whole thing? Because it's a, it's a whole thing. It made me so mad. So essentially what had happened was apparently the past three years, because Thomas and Ariana and Josh, despite what this book says, are all seniors at Easton. And for the past three years, Ariana and Thomas have been secretly hooking up on the low. Hooking up. But Thomas, for whatever reason, has been like, I can't be your boyfriend. We can be together senior year. And so he cheats on her. Like, he keeps her as a little side secret, like, side piece and dates other girls publicly. Why? No one knows. Never said. Because she is rich. She's beautiful. She is, like, a person of well-bred means or whatever. Like, she's got old money. Um, it It's never explained as to, like, what it was specifically about Ariana that meant that he could not publicly date her um except for the fact that he's a douchebag i think he just probably didn't want to yeah 
Or like he, they were never secretly hooking up and this was all in her mind, but we never find out. Also, also a chance, but they had been secretly hooking up. Allegedly. And, and Thomas told her that this was their year. And so when Reed came in and started dating Thomas, Reed ruined everything. And so what happened the night that all of the Billings girls, so Taylor, Kieran, Noelle, and Ariana, when they took Thomas out to that field, what ended up happening was when they got back, Ariana knew where Noelle had kept Josh's, Josh's keys. She drove back out there to talk to Thomas. She took the mask <laughs> off, like the, the thing off. I'm and, sorry, and it's Thomas just so funny to me that started, they like drive all the, I'm assuming that the drive is like at least 20 minutes away. So they, yeah. she drives back and then she waits for Noelle to go to sleep or like go to the bathroom and then she takes keys and drives 20 minutes back. So Thomas has been sitting there in that field post waterboarding for, for at least exactly. 50 minutes. And so she takes the, the bag off of Thomas's head and he immediately starts screaming at her because as you would, and he's like, you're horrible. Why are you doing this? I'm never going to be with you, especially now that you fucking waterboarded me. Like, that's not going to happen. And she loses it. She loses it to the point where he's just screaming at her and she just had to make it stop. So how did she make it stop? She bludgeoned him to death with a baseball bat. Which, why were her fingerprints not on the baseball bat? I don't know. I bet know. you she had gloves on. I bet you she had, like, some weird, like, poet, like, calfskin gloves. elbow length calfskin gloves, driving gloves, bougie shit like that. Um, but she literally, she bludgeons Thomas to death. And then she comes back and acts like literally nothing happened. Uh, but she's telling Reed all of this, which Reed, this is the only smart move that Reed is doing. Ariana is trying to drag Reed over the edge of the building to make it look like Reed has killed herself. She's a, she has a forged um, confession to Thomas's murder in her pocket that apparently Reed murdered Thomas because she was too in love and couldn't handle it. And Reed is going to kill herself by jumping over the side of the building. Well, Ariana's in the process of dragging Reed across the building. And Reed the whole time is like, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? She's tricking Ariana into like the the like villain tells why they did, you know, the villain confession thing, the the bond. Yeah, she's stalling to get more time. But she also is very smart by going completely no bones so that Ariana, frail, angelic Ariana has to try and drag the dead weight that is Reed Brennan, who is a two sport athlete across the roof to like chuck her off. And Reed is like, I'm going no bones because Ariana has a knife to try and get her like to go over the edge. And the entire time Reed is, this is, I agree, one of the the smarter things that she's doing. But thankfully she is not like forever alone up there. She starts to see um, the lights from the police cruisers and the, this entire interaction up on this roof takes at least 10 minutes. Police don't come up for like the longest time. And I'm like, hello, where are you guys? Are they like searching the ground for Reed's body? Like, what's the sitch there? But someone does come to Reed's rescue with a lacrosse stick. And that person is Noelle. Noelle hears Ariana say that she'd killed Thomas and says, I knew it. And then like bludgeons Ariana with the lacrosse stick to get her to like back off from Reed. And then that's when Ariana like really loses it and starts to just like sob and cry and break down and admit to everything. And Ariana gets, like, carted away, as she should. And it, like, needs some help. it was so interesting because I, first of all, thought that Noelle was going to be the killer the whole time because of her, like, need really? for control. Yeah, she you could tell that she was, like, cracking under her need for control and the fact yes. that other people were, like, pulling away from her. And so I could see in a twisted sort of way that, like, taking Thomas away from Reed would be a way to sort of, like, keep your control back over her. But basically, she confronts Ariana and is like, it's very obvious that you were in love with Thomas the entire time. And you were the one who was pushing so hard to get Reed to be like in Billings yeah. house. So now I understand why. And also I saw you leave to take any, I saw you take uh, Reed's phone when we confronted her. So I knew that you were going to come up here because I know who you are. And I'm also like, well, you guys also share a dorm. So like when she left, you saw her leave. There's only like two places yeah. she could have gone, but okay. And, uh, yeah, basically when the police finally come to arrest Ariana, who is meanwhile raving and saying that it's all Reed's fault that she had to kill Thomas because Thomas, of Reed. Because of Reed. 
instead of like she had originally planned on killing reed and it was like very confusing how she's just like freaking out and like talking about killing everyone um and then noelle tells the police that they're gonna have to arrest her too because she was part of it which i thought was a very cool move of noelle's it was very like mic drop kind of like if i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave in style kind of situation on my own terms absolutely yeah exactly and so they do they take noelle away um in a very well they take noelle and ariana and kieran all away and in a very harry potter move reed does not have to take her exams (laughs) she is absolved of exams Uh, after the murder attempt you know casual you would think that Um, they would have canceled the exam like all of people's exams after josh got arrested or after thomas disappeared or was murdered or any of those sent people home yeah i don't know but uh reed has kept her phone turned off she doesn't want to know if josh is gonna like call her or not she doesn't want to see her parents calling her she's like this was catastrophic and i don't want to talk to anyone about it i'm not coming back to easton whole nine yards she's like i can't do it uh on her like as her dad comes to get her uh josh like runs and's like you can't you you have to come back you have to come back i love you and like reed's like i just don't know i can't do it and she like basically says that and constance was really nice she was like you can come back and move in with me you don't have to live in billings anymore which like why would you want to live in billings after that (laughs) um and no one is getting through to Reed. She's very much like, okay, I'm going to go back to, like, my drudgery life of living in Croton, Pennsylvania. Uh, it, until Christmas Day, when she gets a call from a juvenile detention center <laughs> from Noelle saying, basically, like, hey, don't let us ruin this for you. That is not a normal year at Easton. You have to go back. It's your dream. Which I was like, Noelle, that's a class act. That's a cool thing you did there. Yeah. There's a lot of uncool things you did, but that one one thing is that was cool. Absolutely. I don't think that it should be up to read at like 15, 16 years old. I think that that should be sort of a parent's discretion thing to be like, you're not allowed to go back to the school where multiple people tried to kill you. Uh, yeah. So I just, I thought that that was an interesting idea that it would even be within Reed's purview. And that's pretty much the end of that first cycle of books. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see where we go from here yeah. because there's so many more books that I'm just like, what else are what what else is there? It doesn't We've leave had... it on a cliffhanger, so I would be no. perfectly satisfied if that had been the end of it. I do have lots of it's... other thoughts though, like many yeah. thoughts. Tell me first of I all. I know you're going to anyway. The security guard. Did you notice this? They named him. His name is Scat, Scat, which was weird. Which is animal poop. Yeah. That's not a name. <laughs> it's I, I I feel like it has to be like a joking name. Like his name is something that sounds like that. Scott. And then they, the kids <laughs> then changed it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh maybe. Uh Reed reverts to fat phobia as soon as Wit doesn't inform her of whatever <sighs> secret insider knowledge she has. She calls him a big boned bastard because he's she's trying to telepathically communicate with him. I like the alliteration. I do appreciate the alliteration, but I'm like, don't be mad at him just because he can't read your mind. <laughs> um, That was hilarious to me. Yeah. Let's see. What else do I have thoughts on? Boop, boop, boop. Uh, she gets really offended when she finds out that Natasha's mom is an ambassador and that she didn't yeah. previously know that. And she's like, when are all the secrets going to stop? And I'm like, that wasn't a secret. You just didn't ask. And it would have been gauche. For anyone to ask like, also if you did if you did ask then like with reed it's like any questions about mothers opens up the conversation to have to talk about her mom which she assiduously tries to avoid constantly because like her mom that's her like most fucked up relationship so like obviously talking about other people's mothers is like not her favorite conversation topic yeah and also how are natasha's parents republicans if her mom is not a citizen of the United States because her mom is an ambassador from Zimbabwe. You can't vote in America if you are an ambassador from another country. She's you not know, an ambassador to Zimbabwe. She's an ambassador from Zimbabwe. So like, she's not American. She can't vote here. That was funny. Um, Ariana, when they're up on the roof, says like, we should mm-hmm. all just go back to normal and pretend like this didn't happen. And I'm like, you can't do that. You tried to kill her. You admitted to killing yeah. her boyfriend that it's not going to go back to normal. You're not going to get donuts together in the dining hall. What is hall. normal at Easton? <laughs> no one knows. Uh, oh, my God. Let's see. What else? Um, oh, at the end of the book, 
So Reed had been trying to communicate with Taylor via IM and then all of the methods of communication that she had previously had with Taylor, like the email and the IM account were deleted. And as it turns out, uh, Taylor was never in like a mental health institution. Her parents just sent her to public school because Easton was just too toxic. Um, but they sent her to public school in Chicago when Taylor is from Indiana. And that is all I'll say about that. Odd. But also, like, finally a parent doing a parental thing that, like, makes sense. It's like a boy was murdered um, and we're going to take our daughter out of school so that she can come and be somewhere where a boy was not murdered. Like, sounds normal to me. Absolutely. 100% agree. So those were all of my thoughts. Claire, do you have any outstanding thoughts or questions about whatever this book Let's was supposed you. to be? <laughs> you know, I do appreciate how well it wrapped everything up. That's exactly. the one thing. Is like, yeah. But like you, like like I said, like I don't really know where we're gonna go from here. Um, let's see what I highlighted. If there's anything fun that I want to bring up. Um, oh, Reed's phone number is very funny to me. Reed's phone number is 914-555-9113. And I was just like, that is the most like, oh, I have to come up with like a random phone number, phone number that you could possibly, I just thought it was hilarious because it was so easy. Um, oh, Ariana's room is like very austere. Reed is noti- noticing that. Uh, Ariana has no photographs, ticket stubs, party invitations, or concert flyers, no pictures c- clipped out of InStyle magazine, no like adornments. And I just felt like there was a lot of signs that were like adding up to equal like psycho killer behavior that were pointed out to us because Ariana's always been like weird and eerie and creepy. Like that's part of her thing. She's this like ethereal, creepy person, uh, which I get now that we were being led in a certain direction. But it was, oh, it was just like, I feel like it was planted for us over time. Also, apparently, another reason that Noelle knew that Ariana was in love with Thomas was <laughs> Ariana puts a put a TP uh, folder on her laptop filled with love poems. And it's like, Noelle's like, I'm not an idiot. T- TP means Thomas Pearson. You're not writing love poems about toilet paper. <laughs> uh, like, just generally very funny there. So... Oh, I also thought that um, the people from the other boarding school were very funny. They were all, like, British or French. Yeah, Uh, they were so weird. They were like, oh, this is Cole. He's a brilliant conversationalist. And meanwhile, Cole's like, so what's your deal? He can talk about anything. I'm like, saying what's your deal is not being a brilliant conversationalist, but okay. Yeah. Also, apparently, Reed, in one of the last chapters, had never... She mentions having never worn a bikini before yes. in her entire life. Oh my life. god, I noted that. I was like, "That's not." I, that and I was can't like, "Are you true. Amish? That are you Amish? True. Maybe she's Amish because she's from the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. She'd never had a phone. She like she, maybe they're like Mennonites because maybe her dad has a car, but like yeah, I don't know. She also says never? that Ariana was her first friend at Easton, and I'm like, "That's not true." So I think that Reed just has amnesia or a lying uh, problem. Yeah. I. I a lot of them. So uh, that is the first arc of the private series. I'm intrigued to see where we're going next. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, that was a lot. And it was nice that things were wrapped up. Um, bye to Ariana. I guess we'll miss you. I don't know. Uh, do we want to go over fashion faves? Do you have a fashion fave from this book? I had a lot of fashion faves from this book. But the one that oh, I that's chose good. to, yeah, the one that I chose to highlight was actually one that gave me um vibes of a different piece of content that I know we both really like. So when we're at Cheyenne's party at her house, at her country house in Litchfield, uh, we meet some of, as Claire mentioned, uh, Cheyenne's <gasps> friends from another boarding school. And Do we, we have meet... the same fashion fave? I think we have the same fashion fave. I can come yeah. up with another one if you are also talking about Astrid. No, tell me about it. So yeah, we... I am. Oh, perfect. So we meet Astrid, who is this British Asian girl who is a beautiful girl with dark almond-shaped eyes and short dark hair leaning forward for a hug and a double cheek air kiss, which I love. I would love to be that kind of person who does a double cheek air kiss. Ah, the confidence, right? Uh, She wore a short sleeve fuzzy sweater in aqua blue over a silky white dress and had a funky antique brooch in her hair. There was a rhinestone above her left eyebrow and her glittery eye makeup made her look like a wood sprite from a Shakespeare play. And it makes me think of Astrid from Crazy Rich Asians because her name is Same. Astrid. That's and why she's I highlighted Asian. it. Yeah. 
Oh, her, she's her name is Astrid Cho. Yeah. Like, and I was and just like, British. oh my God, it's, yeah. So I think the Astrid from Crazy Rich Asians is Astrid Leong. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that is so funny because this book came out before Crazy Rich Asians. And I was like, this is definitely the same vibe. And it's also, I, I highlighted it because it feels very TikTok makeup. Like mm-hmm. very euphoria vibes throwback with like the little marabou sweater cover-up thing um i totally agree i i mean there was a lot of options for like you know our one of sometimes courtney and i our favorites are usually like big couture moments and like decadent things and there was a ton of options for that in this book which was great but uh i really liked kind of like the well a the descriptions were great but also like how casual and effortless they made that description of her as a character, even though she's just like literally a throwaway character. It does help you see her as this like, it, it very different from the decadent, like couture focused Billings girls. This girl was very unique and quirky and and, and it was a cool foil. So I'm fully with you there. I yeah, agree. No, but you're totally right. This book had a lot of great fashion style visualization moments between this, the couture that all the Billings girls were trying on in Cheyenne's stepmom's closet with the actual Christmas party that Cheyenne throws at Billings house. I thought that that was an iconic moment. So lots mm-hmm. of good stuff mm-hmm. here. Even the outfit that Dash wears while they're trying to break into Hell Hall where it's like <laughs> all black Armani exchange and Rita's like, do the rich people have so a catalog funny. for everything? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that was a funny moment. I thought that was hilarious. It's like he had gone out and like found, like the fact that he felt like he had to wear all black was kind of cute. Um, <laughs> Dash is definitely a himbo for sure. So the, I, I think it's funny that we finally had the same fashion fave. Mm-hmm. We've made it so many episodes and we're finally there. So yeah. that was fun. Um, tell me your State of the Union for the week. What is your in and out? My in for this week is Halloween. It's Halloween next weekend. Ooh. Very exciting. Um, I think I'm going to be a pirate because I have, like, I don't have any, like, costume pieces. I just have things I think I can pull together to look pirate-esque. And I'm going to be on a boat. And so I think it'll be a funny little, like, I'm on a boat and I'm a pirate thing. And my out for the week is staying up late. I was out last night at a comedy show that I performed at. um, And we didn't get home until, like, 11.45. By we, I mean, like, me and my parents. I didn't get home until, like, 11.45. And I was exhausted. I stayed up later last night than I had in forever, and I'm also feeling it really hardcore. Uh, So I feel you on that one. Um, I have had probably one of the more eventful weeks uh, in a very long time. So uh, I had a lot of choices for my State of the Union, for my ins and outs. Um, But I'm going to say that my in for the week is uh, (laughs) – I have a couple of options, but my favorite one is – Grocery stores in other cities. Ooh. So like a chain grocery store that's like a hyper local to a different city. So something you probably couldn't go to in your own city. So I was in Manhattan this past week for work. I was in the city. And I like David and I don't eat out often at home. Like we just really don't. And I've gotten out of the habit of it. But in New York City, everyone eats out like every day. And I reached a certain level where I could not do that anymore. <laughs> I was like, I have had so many meals at like from restaurants and I just need like my own food. And I love going to other cities grocery stores because they have their seasonal items, their local products. And there was this really, I don't want to say cute because like it wasn't cute, but it was like a very well stocked, cool grocery store in the West Village that I went to um, twice and had a lot of fun going there. Um, I think it was like Morton and Williamson. It, it's like an old people grocery store in the West Village. It's been there for probably 100 years. But it was very fun. I got to like buy a bunch of like British candies and like fun little sodas and like snacks and stuff. So loved that. Um, and then my out for the week is I'm going to say Pinky Toes. Oh, tell me more. Okay. So I was staying in a very small hotel room. Um which like is in the is the style, but the bed frame, the way it was formed, was like really hard to intuit where the feet of the bed frame were, and so I snagged my pinky toe really bad, like I think it might be a little bit broken, um, and so that really sucked. But the main thing I realized is that like 
I don't, when I'm standing, I don't put weight on my pinky toe. Like, what is the point of having it there aside from it, stubbing it? Because I feel like most of the time you're stubbing your toe, you're stubbing your pinky toe. And it's like, why, why is it there if I don't need it? Aside from just like catching on things and being painful. So that's my out. <laughs> now, I know it's weird, but like it, it just like really hurt. And like, I'm I'm annoyed by it. So do you remember Phil of the Future? Yes. The Disney Channel show? They didn't have pinky toes. It was like one of their signs of being alien or from the future or something. So that they didn't have pinky toes. That is funny if you think about it in terms of like what evolution is. Because like you don't evolve yeah. to just get rid of things that are useless. You get you evolve to get rid of things that are like actively detrimental to your environment. So like what in the next century is so detrimental in having a pinky toe? Bed frames. I guess. And then those people die yeah. and don't reproduce. Yep, pretty much. So, yeah, that's the State of the Union. That's the in and the out. Uh, where are we going next uh, with the private series, Courtney? What's our the, next book? The private series or our next book, Claire? Well, I know what our next book is, but that's a little surprise for people. So. Well, uh, our next private series book is Inner Circle, uh, which is going to be the fifth book and, uh, as Claire mentioned, the first book in the next like cycle of the private series by Kate Bryan. And that should be coming out the subsequent Thursday from this. Mm-hmm. But keep your eyes peeled for Halloween. We've got a little surprise coming. Um, it's super exciting if you like horror stuff um, and you may have missed uh, season two. Tack this on at the end if you feel like it. In the meantime, you guys can find us on socials at Witty Committee Pod or Witty Committee Pod on Instagram, at Witty Pod on Twitter, uh, at the Witty Committee. Wait, sorry. I always no, get you're this getting, wrong. No, you're getting you know you all that right. You're I getting should, all that right. Okay. Okay, great. Um, Thewittycommittee.com mm-hmm. is our website. You guys should definitely sign up for the show notes that Courtney sends out every week. They are awesome. Um, if you are listening on – or you can watch us on TikTok. You can also watch Courtney's TikToks of her comedy show. Uh, she is also great there. So – Find us on TikTok. And then if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to uh, leave us a little rating, a review, and then subscribe. It really helps us out. It makes our day. My birthday's coming up soon, and there's nothing I'd rather have for my birthday than more reviews. Um, Courtney, anything I'm missing? No, but uh, definitely join us next time as we continue to judge the mean girl right back, one book at a time. <laughs>